Welcome to That Good May Become with me, Laura Scappatici, where we learn to illuminate the esoteric in our everyday lives. Hey everyone, it's Laura, and I've just lit a candle, not because it's my birthday, but because it was my birthday yesterday. <laughs> and it's been a while since I've recorded a podcast, and lighting a candle is a way for me to call in the spiritual beings that are working towards the positive evolution of humanity to help me. And I've done that because I've been away from this podcast for a while, and as we do in our lives, we reinvent ourselves every once in a while. And so because I've been away, I'm asking for a little help, and I'd love a little help from you too. What this episode is about is not just my birthday, but also Michaelmas and some exercises for you to do if you are going through changes in your life. If you remember my last episode, it was all about our huge move to Scotland. Well, guess what? We did it. We've been here for six weeks and it's been an amazing experience. I want to talk about first um, the adjustment of the three different bodies of the human being in a huge move like this. So physical body, wow, it takes a toll to move across a continent, but that's because of the connection with the other bodies, the etheric and the astral. And then, of course, we have the eye or the ego there too, which is kind of holding it all together. But my physical body and the physical body that of each of my family members um, went through a lot in that journey. But something incredible that we tried was to get adjusted right away. And I'm just going to jump into this podcast right away too. So as we did here, we arrived on the 24th and the kids went to school on the 25th. And that was an amazing way to just kind of reset. And then they had school Thursday and Friday, and then we took a break on the weekend. Now the physical body is adjusting because the etheric body is adjusting. So not only are you dealing with different foods and different time zones and different weather, but the etheric body is adapted to the place that you live. And that's why I think it's so hard for some people to travel um, because they're in a new space with a new feeling. And I would love somebody to uh, ring me up about the etheric body and talk about the way that it adjusts over time. But I know when we moved to California, um, one of my guests on this show, Liz Bevan, who was my boss at the time, handed me some local honey and said, here, eat this. This will help you get adjusted to California. And that's because it was from the earth and from the place that we were living in um, and have moved to and had those forces of, of nature connected to it, the wind and the sun and the, the honeybees. And when we got to Scotland, we did something of the same. And I try to do this everywhere I go. It's just as I'm walking along, if there's something I can eat, there's a lot of what's called rocket here, which is arugula. Just eat some of that or find a piece of fruit or put your feet in some water. And we did put our feet in the North Sea 
you know, and just breathe in that wind and salt. And there was a little garden behind the Airbnb we were staying in and we immediately um, had a plum and uh, just tried to take in the forces of the earth and the weather and everything that was there to kind of get our etheric bodies adjusted. So just if you're traveling, that's a little tip. Um, or if you're making a big move, it's really find something from the earth to help ground your physical and etheric body there. And then the astral, the emotional body. Um, so I think the phrase that I've been working with to understand how to adapt is letting be and letting go. So this letting be, um, y'all going through some grief or if you have been going through some grief, um, it's really hard to just let it be. And I'm not just be forcing it and trying to let it go and move through. And so when we missed our people, you know, I'd wake up and be like, wait, where am I? <laughs> uh, that's the etheric body still adjusting, but also the um, emotional body, the astral body. Where are my people? Oh, they're in California. Oh, they're in Pennsylvania. Um, and, you know, trying to kind of push that out of my mind, it's not so helpful. So just to, I've tried to just let it be and take it in and wake up and miss my people and miss, miss our animals, um, who are with very good friends and, um, just be comfortable, um, living in that little bit of grief and knowing we're going to wake up with dreams of the people that we miss or wake up dreaming of California or dreaming of Pennsylvania. Um, even last night I had a dream <laughs> all about Pennsylvania and uh, being there again. So that's all part of the adjustment process. Now back to the last podcast, I'm going to we talked about fear and trust, and I want to talk about Michaelmas. How many of you know about Michaelmas? Um, it's it's a holiday that's been celebrated in the UK for a long time, and it's about the angel Michael or St. George and the Dragon is how some of you have probably heard it. For me, it's really about contending with fear and um having courage. And so the basically the story is that um, Michael comes down and slays the dragon or doesn't even slay the dragon, just kind of puts it under his foot or her foot or their foot, however you want to describe the gender of an angel, which I think is <laughs> pretty preposterous. Um, so Michael has this dragon underfoot and the dragon is representative of, well, let me let me go right into the three beasts. Um, if you're if you're part of anthroposophy, you've heard of the three beasts likely as they're part of the class lessons, which are meditative um, gatherings that have mantras connected to them. And in one of these lessons, the three beasts are talk about are talked about. And I feel like Michael, um, this angel, is contending asks us to contend with the three beasts um, and asks us to have courage. So I will name these three beasts, um, and they are fear, hatred, and doubt. And in the class lesson, they're really related to, as it's given in these mantras, they're really related to fear, hatred, and doubt as, re related, as connected to a spiritual worldview. So 
I found that coming here pretty quickly. I'm in um, a writing program and an MA in creative writing. That's absolutely incredible. I have to say, I'm so impressed with my my uh, the faculty and my classmates. It's very progressive. But I'm not sure how popular a worldview that's connected to spirituality or connected to a religion, in my case, it's more spirituality than a religion, um, how popular that is. And so when I'm in class, I wonder like, ooh, can I say something related to this or not? Um, is it, will it be unpopular to have a belief system that has a sense of something more happening in the world. Have any of you been in this situation where you're in a group and you're like, oh yeah, like I don't really think it's over when you die. I think something more happens. Or um, my picture of, of what the human body can do and how it can heal itself and how it's connected to other forces, that's a little different than the standard medical establishment. Or um, no, I'm, I'm talking to the dead, <laughs> that one. Um, so, so Mekomis asks us to have the courage to face our own fear, whether it's related to having a spiritual picture of the world or not, um, and to bring that courage in. And so that just happened on September 29th. That's Mekomis. That's the, the day that it's celebrated. But I think we can carry these questions around fear hatred and doubt with us throughout the year. And to to combat them, we use courage and we use our inner wisdom and knowledge that is part of the natural world and part of the spiritual world and, and tap into that. So that's a little, so I've given you the personal update. I've given you the Michaelmas update. And now I want to ask you some questions. This is going to be a short podcast. And then what I'm hoping to do is get some more guests back on now that we're settled, now that my etheric body is ah, here in Scotland, um, connecting with all the stone. There's so much stone here. It's not like shale or slate or limestone. It's just, just really heavy granite everywhere. And that affects the physical, etheric, um, emotional body too. So now that I'm grounded in granite, <laughs> I feel like I'm ready to reach out and have some more guests on my show. If you have suggestions again, please find me on Instagram. That's the best way to reach me or Facebook. You can also email me at connect at lauraskapatici.com. So let's move from my personal little update from Michaelmas to these questions that I have for you. In my writing program, oh, wow, writing just is, for me, is such a vulnerable act. And I find that with my classmates too, that um, being that vulnerable and sharing, you know, something so close to you, writing, writing's very personal. I think, I think some people can share it very easily. Um, but for me, it's been a little bit of a struggle uh, I'm getting used to it though. We have to write at least two 500 word short stories every week, um, plus a major project that we're working on. And one day maybe I'll do the big reveal on that. But um, so, so every week we're writing and we're writing. And instead of starting with plot and how to move plot along, we start with character. And these are questions from one of the character sheets that um, I 
feel are a very important thing to do once a year on one's birthday. I have a lot of birthday practices, um, and I'm going to share some of those right now. But these these questions came into my life this year, and I thought, wow, what an amazing activity to do on one's birthday. So what do you do on your birthday? Do you do any reflection? Um, I always talk to my angel or angels the night before I go to sleep and just ask how I can be of service and what is my path. And that feels very serious to me. Um, I, I offer a lot of gratitude for what I have here, my amazing family, um, the abundance in our life and beautiful natural world all around us so that that I cultivate that feeling of gratitude. I'll write in my journal and reflect on where I'm living, what what life is like this year, how old I am, and um, what that feels like. And then, you know, ask, ask this question again and again, how can I be of service? I think that's, for me, the most important question to ask. And now here are some other questions for you to ask if it's your birthday or if it's the 1st of January or if it's the death day of someone you love. Um, this year, I turned 48 and my grandmother only lived to 47. And I was just trying to get through that year. <laughs> and I have more markers past that of people that have, you know, my mom died at 57. So that's the next one in a decade um, to to get through. If you if you have someone die young in your life, um, I think it does something to your psyche a little bit, especially someone close. And uh, my grandmother was my namesake too, so I was really thinking about her a lot this year. So, um, with all that reflection in mind, here are the much-awaited questions: How did your story begin? So these are questions you would ask a character in your book. Um, if you're writing a book and you want to find out about them, you can ask the character these questions and they can write them back to you. Our assignment is actually to write a letter with these questions. Um, how did your story begin? That's right, you. You, my friend, how did your story begin? I posted this on Instagram and a friend of mine who also has just moved out of the country um, said it started with separation from love. And that was an incredible, um, what an incredible first <laughs> act in, in, in a character's life or in a person's life. They're separated from love. Um, I think my story started right on time. I was born on my due date, as far as I know, or, or within 24 hours of it. So um, my story started right on time. What are your hopes and what do you fear most? What are your greatest strengths and weaknesses? And what do you believe? What do you doubt? So there's that word doubt again. Who is your enemy? Of course, this doesn't have to be a who. It could be a what. The patriarchy, for example, could be an enemy. <laughs> an enemy of all people, regardless of gender. Um, are you a hero or a villain? Hmm. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe that's not so black and white. If you had one wish, what would it be? So in this, you know, exercise, if they're, if your character, 
um, in the instructions for this exercise. If your character is hedging on answering some of these, that also gives you information. So if you are uncomfortable answering some of these, that might give you some information. What is revealed and what is not revealed in the answers can give you some information. Um, you, Of course, you can do this with characters, but again, my intention here was just to have you do it for yourself. And um, lots and lots of possibilities for reflecting at this time when we're moving into the darkest part of the year. And I, I actually really like moving into the darkest time of the year uh, because I just do get so thrown out into the universe um, during summer and it's nice to have that contraction happen again and to come back in. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you to all those of you who have been encouraging me to get back on the podcast train and I hope to start a new season soon. I'll be in touch and uh, reach out to me if you have questions or ideas questions about podcasting, ideas for the podcast, questions about um, creating this kind of life or business for yourself, or just questions about anthroposophy, spirituality, or if you just want to chat. Okay. I love you all lots. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.